Today we celebrate Gaudete Sunday. The books tell us that today the priest may wear a rose. Apparently that is what this color is. That we may have flowers, that we can even have instrumental music because we've reached a midpoint in our Lenten journey. And so we're called to pause and to rejoice. But for most of us, we are so far from rejoicing that that whole idea seems laughable. We have been forced in this last week or so to face some hard facts. That life has an end and that we have not subdued nature so fully as we have been led to believe. One of humanity's most ancient foes has forced this issue upon us, plague. Over the last week, things we take for granted have been taken from us. And life as we know it is never quite going to be the same. And then amidst all of this, I now have the gall, and maybe it's a little easier because I'm talking to a camera and I can't see all the people looking at me. But I have the gall to stand here and say, let us rejoice. To say, let us hope in God, let us praise him. Because it seems that in these times, God has almost forsaken us. It seems like he's become very Old Testament these days, perhaps. But even if that were the case, we are reminded today in our first reading that not as man sees does God see. Because man sees the appearance, but the Lord looks into the heart. Not only does God see into the heart, but he brings light into our hearts, as he did for the blind man in today's gospel. Jesus Christ, the Son of the Most High God, the divine Word made flesh, God, took spit and clay and used it to restore a man's sight. And so that is the light that the New Testament sheds on the old. That through bad things, God can turn good. Jesus says at the end of today's gospel, I came into this world for judgment so that those who do not see might see and those who do see might become blind. This is a confusing sentiment, perhaps, but a little background might help. God does not directly will evil upon us. He does not desire for us to suffer. He does, however, permit these things to happen. Not because they please him, just the opposite, because in fact, God suffers with us as we suffer. That is the mystery of the incarnation and the passion and the death of our Lord is that he takes all of our sufferings and suffers them with us. He allows them not because they're good, because they're not. He allows them because they can open our eyes and our hearts 
so that God can now work wonders in us. Because when we have nowhere else to turn to, we can turn to Him. We are given an opportunity at this moment to take a step back from everything and take stock of what truly matters. As I mentioned a few days ago, I am perhaps reading a little bit too much of the news these days. But yesterday I read an article on the Wall Street Journal And it started out with a quote from a child who said, Mommy, I like coronavirus because I get to spend time with you. And that was heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because it made me realize that it is so easy for us to get caught up in our own artificial and unnaturally imposed busyness. And even as I wrote out this homily, I recognized that if you misspell busyness and use an I instead of a Y, it spells business. <laughs> kind of a Freudian slip, I suppose, but this artificial and unnatural busyness that it takes a plague for us to slow down and recognize what's going on. And so we can have this time now. It's been forced on us, yes, but we can take it to enjoy just being with our families, maybe learning to cook something new, reading a good book, going for a walk, of course, maintaining your six feet. We can even use this incredible gift of modern technology to stay close to those who we can't visit. I'm staying away from family just like everyone else, especially those, my parents and my grandparents, because I don't want to get them sick. And so just this morning, I was able to use video chat with them. How incredible is that? None of this, of course, means that plague, that separation from others, that having to watch Mass instead of actually being able to go and attend it and truly participate in it and truly be present None of it means that that's not a time of great suffering, that this is not a great time of suffering. But it is through suffering that we can learn. It's through suffering that our vision becomes more clear and less clouded. Because through our baptisms, especially, God has made us children of the light. God has made us children of the light. Let us follow that light so that we can become beacons of truth and goodness and right, as Paul calls us to be. And as we become more and more closely united with that light, with God, we can rejoice because we will know deep inside of our hearts that no plague or nothing else, no other thing devised by this fallen world or the evil forces within it can separate us from what's truly important, the loving gaze of our God.